With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid-fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 3.97! Actually, this is a good question for you, Alex. What does any of that mean? 3.94, huh? what was it? 3.94 out route? I Gun mean, three flex, ni- right stack, 3.94 dragon smoke. Okay, so 3.94 would be three-step. You're going, obviously, you're going to slide to the left. Your running back's going to the right because you're going to fit in the four-hole. You got your dragon route, which is almost like an Ohio route, and then your smoke is your quick smoke out there. Come on. I know. Yeah, I should have known that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Kyle Runch. No, it's uh, right. my mistake. Uh, all right, it's uh, <laughs> time time for hot routes. Alex Boone's first go at it. Very excited. I'm kind of nervous. Judd Zolgad is here. You should be. Yeah. Should I be nervous, Judd? It's just like a big game. No, it's when, fantastic. No, when, you, when, when you walk out in that field, the U.S. Bank Stadium, and you look up, and you know the kickoff is in 30 minutes, I mean, it's yeah, going to be intense. You get the nerves, and the okay. same thing should happen. For hot routes. Okay. Uh, all right, ramp up that NFL music, and let's do this. We, uh, every day, or at least as often as we can, take things from around the league headlines, and then we uh, find ways to talk about them, interesting okay. ways. All okay. right, so let's start it off. John Gruden, mm-hmm. knowing that Antonio Brown is uh, going to play football for him, wants Derek Carr to throw the football down the field. We were just talking about okay. this with okay. Kurt Cousins. Okay. So I want to ask you guys, Judd and Alex and Manny, uh, what's more likely, Antonio Brown and Derek Carr click, and Carr is a top 15 quarterback this year because he's throwing it downfield to A.B., or Carr continues to check down, he drives Brown and Gruden nuts, and Oakland drafts Tua Tugaviola or Justin Herbert or whoever mm-hmm. next year. Herbert. I'm waiting Herbert for, for the Clemson kid in two years. Oh, my God. That's who I want. He's going to be incredible. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. If I'm the Vikings, oh. I'm actively considering tanking the year before. <laughs> you never do that. But, okay, I want to hear. Oh, just because you played the game. No, no, no. You don't, don't. Well, that's a discussion for later. But what, what do you think about this? Because I, I think that I think they have the ability to show up this year and do some amazing things because of Antonio Brown and Terrell Williams and Josh Jacobs. I just don't know if Derek Carr is really the quarterback that everybody thinks he is. And I think that he's been spooked for a couple years. And I'm not sure that John Gruden's the right guy to bring it out of him because he's one of these guys that puts a lot of pressure on you. So he's like, hey, listen, you didn't make that throw. And you can't overthrow Antonio Brown, but you did. I'm not sure how you did it. So now all of a sudden we're putting more pressure on him. I don't know if this – I don't see it happening. 
And now, if that's the case, then Brown's upset, too. Right. So Brown's complaining. Because Brown's not going to sit there and take that and be like, that's okay, Derek. We'll get him next time. He's going to start to... So, yeah, and from watching Hard Knocks, it feels like Derek Carr is trying to act like he's wired right as a quarterback. But I'm not 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 buying. I mean... If you've got that, you've just got it. Right. And if you guys do, and a lot don't, but that's a God-given ability, right? So I, th- I think between Gruden and Brown, this is going to be too much. And guess what, too? Three years into Gruden's ten-year contract, the perfect reset button is got to get my quarterback get now. Right. Quarterback. Right. right. What do you I think, agree. Manny? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. Gruden, I think Gruden is so obsessed with quarterbacks and finding his own quarterback. Yes. I think he likes – uh, Derek Carr, but I don't think he. Um, yeah, I said it right. Derek Carr. I always get the two mixed up. David. Um, David. <laughs> David. He's but coming up in a second. I think he likes Derek Carr. I don't think he loves Derek Carr. I think I think Gruden wants to find a guy that he loves, and that's going to be a guy that he gets a chance to draft. I'm going to be honest. I don't even think he likes Derek Carr. Mm. I, I mean, just yeah. knowing yeah. John and the way he is, and the way that he is like so. God, I could have done that better. I probably could have thrown that better than you. I mean, it's just he is not happy with Derek. And I'm telling you right now, he's not happy with Antonio Brown not practicing in this whole grievance. And I'm not so sure his foot, his feet are really healed up, to be honest with you. Antonio Brown? Yeah. I agree completely. I think that this, well, obviously I know this grievance thing was thrown out there because of his feet, and it just makes a big distraction. But I still don't think he's healthy. Uh, I, I just haven't been a car believer at any point, Ever. even when he had the good season. I thought... I'm pretty sure a lot of quarterbacks could have done that with the best offensive line that fell apart quickly. But that year in 2016, it was amazing. And they had a good running game and everything clicked for them. And uh, any other time, he has not been a great quarterback. So that to me is a blip rather than the norm. People expect him to get back to it. Well, it's kind of like expecting Keenum to do 2017 again. It's hard to do. All right. Next hot route. You're doing okay, Alex. David Carr, Derek Carr's brother, who is now an NFL Network analyst like yourself, uh, Alex, he said the Jets are going to win the AFC East over the Patriots, and he also said in his predictions that the Chiefs will not make the playoffs. Absurd, both of them, of course. <laughs> I, here's what I hold on. I'm smoking a joint yeah, so I can get on the same page. I'm going to let Judd take this one because that's the most preposterous Here, thing but, I've ever. But heard. here's what I want you guys to give me: your boldest playoff or non-playoff take. So a team that will make it or not make it that is bold and you think could actually happen. I'm going to let Judd take this one first. Okay. For. First of all, if you're friends with David, I apologize, but he should be fired. I agree. I agree. <laughs> because that's the most like I, I get I get yeah. trying to go off the grid. Yeah, I, did, no. I don't get say he's he and he's saying more and more just inflammatory, stupid things that don't make sense. But I'm going to give you what would be a shocker, and I don't think it's going to happen, but it's plausible. This whole offseason, guys like Zimmer and the defensive guys have spent time studying breaking down McVeigh's offense and Jared Goff. And that they come out completely prepared off of the Patriots game. Because the Patriots put that on oh, tape, yeah. and now everyone's like, what did they do? Right. And, and that division, Seattle, San Francisco could bounce back. I don't know that, that they won't. I'm not convinced they're terrible. Right. And that the biggest surprise is that the Rams missed the playoffs. So this is so weird that, that you brought be, that up. That would be stunning. It, it but would, you can make a case. It would be, but the yeah. but the Patriots game starts, starts right. a film review system that's going to be very interesting. But, but can you do that? 
Like, you got to remember, know. it's it's easy to go up there and say, hey, listen, the Patriots just showed us how we're going to do it. Now we're going to do that. But do you have the playmakers on your defense to be able to stop that offense? Now, I think Todd Gurley being hurt right now is definitely a big situation for them. I was going to say the 49ers make the playoffs this year. And okay. I've been really high on them because I like their team on paper. I'm scared about this Jarek McKinnon thing. I came out yesterday that he's not doing so well with his knee. That kind of scares me because... The trio in the backfield was a big reason that I was believing in them, and I was like, you know what, this run game's going to be by committee, and they're going to be really good, and it's going to open up the pass game, and they have George Kittle. But now I'm kind of worried about that. But I was going to say Seattle doesn't make the playoffs, and I know everyone's really high on them right now, but I just don't see it this year. I think that this division's becoming competitive. Obviously, L.A., I think that the 49ers take another step, and I think Seattle just misses out barely. What do you got, Manny? Uh, my playoff, my team that will make the playoffs, and I don't know how bold this is because there's already a lot of hype surrounding this team, is that the Cleveland Browns are going to win the AFC North. Low-hanging fruit. But, but he it's took always it. bold to take Cleveland for the playoffs. Dude, they're Cleveland. be careful what you say about Cleveland. They're Cleveland. <laughs> there's an assumption, though. Why, why is there an assumption that they're going to go from being bad to improving to being so good, though? Because like, I, let's give it some time. It's the paper. Everyone's looking at the, like, OBJ, Landry, yeah. Nick Chubb. You got all these guys. Baker's got the moxie to do it. But I think that people are forgetting that when you throw all those egos into one room, you have to make all those egos very happy. Yeah. And that is hard to do. I've been there with Randy Moss and Crabtree and all these guys, Frank Gore and Vernon Davis. And when you're trying to make everybody happy, because everybody wants to rock, and everyone's going to sit out there and say, oh, well, it's okay as long as we're winning. Okay, week five, nobody cares anymore. I want the ball, dude. I want to be the playmaker here. I need to show what I can showcase. And I'm just afraid that sometimes when you put all those egos, they start to clash, and then it just ends up being a big explosion. Did you have a team, another team, Manny, that does not make the playoffs that's bold? I, I don't want to do this. Do I'm it. Not, I'm not going to do this. Do it. Just do it, Manny. It doesn't make any sense. No one cares. Do it. It's hot routes. Patriots miss the playoffs. Oh, come on. Okay. I can't <laughs> Why'd you do that? Listen, listen, listen. Egging you on. Look at their division. Their division is so bad. And I'm going to say, only, listen, I like so the bad. Jets. I like the Bills. I think they're tough teams. I think the Jets did some great things in the offseason. I think the Bills went a whole different direction, but did some great things. But at the end of the day, you're not going to outscheme Bill Belichick. You're not no. going to. Do you like those teams? Do you really, I do. Do you really I, like I, them? Look, I looked at the Jets and I was like, wow, if you look at this, they kind of have some playmakers all around, right? Like you bring in some old linemen. Okay. Yeah, like you did that. You brought in Le'Veon Bell. He can fit anywhere. Let's just make that clear. He can fit anywhere. Sure. You got Jameis Crowder on the outside. Okay, I got that. You got Sam Darnold. And I like Sam Darnold because I feel like he's one of these guys that's like a no risk it, no biscuit. I'm going to go yeah, out and yeah. throw this ball and do whatever I got to do. And if it pisses you guys off at the end of the What's day, that again? no risk it, no biscuit. Bruce There you go. Yeah. I used to hear that a lot. No risk yeah. it, no biscuit. I, I, read, I read his book in the offseason. He talks about no risk it, no biscuit. He forgot to tell you, though, when Matt Barkley's throwing the ball, there's a lot of risk. It. <laughs> <laughs> there's no biscuit at the end. And it, but, yeah, you know, I just I liked what they did, and then you go out and get C.J. Mosley. But here's what I didn't like, and this is and and this is kind of when I stopped to think about teams. Their worst enemy to me is going to be their head coach. Oh, yeah. And I, and, I mean, their team is stacked. Now, their cornerbacks are sketchy, but at the end of the day, you have players at every position. Their coach is the one I feel like because he just opens his mouth too much. Instantly, what's the first thing he says? We overpaid for these players. Listen, dude, you can feel that way, and we all feel that way. But you can't say that because now your players are looking at you differently. Like, hey, why is it any of your business? And I just think that when you start doing good things, then you shoot yourself in the foot. It's problematic, and all of a sudden, you just—it's over. I'm gonna go for my bold team to make the playoffs. Is the Tennessee Titans to win the division? Mm. Is is the bold one that? 
because now Andrew Luck is not there and Houston has their problems and Matt Khalil is their left tackle. Oh, they're, they're, they're trouble. That the door is open, and I don't trust Doug Marone in Jacksonville, so the door is open for the Tennessee Titans, who are actually a pretty pretty darn good team, I think. And in terms of the team that would surprise a little bit, I don't know if this is a huge surprise or not, but Chargers, we talked about this the other day, I think the Chargers could fall off. That if, won't surprise me. If, if, Rivers, if, if Rivers hits that I'm super old quarterback guy, yeah. uh, they could fall off because they do not have a good offensive line to protect him. No. All right. Uh, our next hot route. There is a report that uh, the NFL wants to expand the playoffs uh, even more than they want uh, 18 games. So they want more playoff games and not even that concerned with 18 playoff games, but more teams in the playoffs. So design me a playoff system that allows more teams to get in than currently does, but make it work. Okay, this is really easy. We're going to do eight teams, the best eight teams in each conference, and they're all going to play. There's no bye weeks anymore. And, by the way, st- the one thing that always bothered me was that you had to have every te- a team from every division kind of fill a spot, right? And those guys always had home field. Because you look at last year, you look at the Chargers, and they got hosed bad. Because yep. I think the, the team that got in over them was like 9-7, and seven, and they were 13-3. and three. And you look at that, and you say, you know what, that's just not fair. Because these guys really did put a lot into this, and now they got to travel the whole time. And I think that that was a big Achilles heel for them. So yeah. by conference, though, you're, you're going by conference. I'm going AFC, division. NFC, eight I, best. I, I like that a lot. That's good. I'm going to put a different spin on things. I love it. Because, yeah, you're, you're right. They're going to go to A, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I'm doing. I'm keeping the playoff system as is with six teams on each side. Okay. And then the two worst teams on a Monday night game have to play for the first overall pick. Oh, play it. Oh, I'm, for I'm the doing, first pick. I'm doing a, releg- oh, I'm wow. doing a, releg- I'm wow. doing a relegation game. game play in because that first pick is so huge now and teams are it's so prized and fans talk about who's got the first pick well all of a sudden i'm taking the two worst teams the one two and saying you're playing in a prime time game you're crappy but people will watch this crap to see who gets the first pick now here's my question some teams don't want the first pick some teams are like, hey, listen, you can have the first pick because it comes down to money. I mean, at the end of the day, this this business always comes down to money. And you look at the first pick to the second pick, it's like, what, a $7 million difference? It's slotted now, so yeah. Right. So there's a lot of teams that are like, hey, listen, we could lose this game and save $7 million, and we're really not even looking for the first pick. I mean, still I still get a good player. Right. I, do, I mean, as long as it's not Andrew Luck at the top or Trevor Lawrence in, in two years. Trevor Lawrence, I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible. All right, do you, uh, do you got a system, Manny, for the playoffs? Yeah, it's it's actually one I think that's been tossed around already of adding a seventh playoff team, and then the only team that gets a bye is the number one seed in that conference. The one thing I will say, and it plays off of your point, Alex, of the team that gets the team that has the better record gets the home game. Yes. Whether they whether that team wins the division or not. So yep. back when Seattle won the AFC West at seven and nine, they have to go on the road to New Orleans to play the Saints instead of hosting them. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna take it even a step farther from where you started to go with the conference and just say the best sixteen teams. And that's it. Like they, they just play one plays sixteen, Ooh. two plays fifteen. Old school National Hockey League. Yeah, that's right. Right there. That's, that's right. a great point, right? We'll NHL. Because I mean, what difference does it make in the NFL now? It's not like the travel is really tough. No. Twenty nineteen. And you don't care about the conferences by this point. Right. No, no. I don't care. The about conferences, the conferences are out. So that's actually a great point. The best sixteen teams. So no matter have what. Cool matchups. I mean, what if you had like the Bengals and 49ers in a first round matchup? Like that's that's cool. 
I might not watch because it's the Bengals. Okay, I, ju I just picked it. Very true. I just meant give me like, a better, give me just, better matchup. Just way meant, better matchup. Do a better job if you're going to come up with a scenario. I, I meant matchups that you'll never see before, and then you could have two NFC teams potentially be in the Super Bowl. And a Packers Vikings like Super Bowl. So you're be pretty exciting. You're saying that you could basically have a 16-team NFC or AFC all in. Just go. So give that yeah. Super Bowl could be AFC versus AFC. Yeah. I kind of like that. I have no problem with because that. Because it Two opens the teams. door for everybody. And it says, hey, yeah. listen, we're not going to discriminate. If you're the best team, you get in. Right. Do you I, care? I don't like somebody I don't getting care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what teams are playing. Yeah. If they're the best teams, I mean, you're the best team because your offense is good and your defense can stop people. So right. you're fun to watch. So who cares who it is? That's right. I want the two best teams. And last year, the two best teams very well might have been in the AFC with Kansas City and New England. For sure. Yeah. So That I mean, would have been a, that was like, a rematch. That was like the <laughs> Super Bowl. And, so that's, and that's, the format, that's the format that the WNBA. NBA does right now. They just take the teams with the eight best records and put them in. And if it's six teams from the Western Conference, then so be it. That's who, how you do. Who would have thought we'd be stealing ideas from the WNBA? I, yeah, I know. That's incredible. And, that, and that's a league that generally needs help with more ideas. And I like it. In this case, they've got it right. Doing it right. All right. Next hot route for you guys. A former teammate of yours, Cordell Patterson, who is a trip to cover as a reporter. Oh yeah. Uh, he said that Matt Nagy knows how to showcase his talent. Yeah. The New England Patriots did a good job of that last year. So it's been a very strange ride for former first round pick Cordero Patterson. Um, what is the best thing that he has ever done in his career? What do you think Cordero Patterson's best career moment or uh, highlight would be? Uh, anything on a reverse. I mean, this this kid's he's dangerous. And it, I say dangerous because he's one of these guys that you can give him the ball right away. Like when he was a running back in the Patriots, we were talking before. What an ingenious idea because He's one of these guys that he's not going to run the best route. He's not going to be the fastest all the time. But if you get him the ball, he can make a play in space. And he was so fun to watch because he always knew how to use his blockers. And this is why screen routes suck all the time is because running backs don't know how to use their blockers. Like they, they're too fast or they're too slow or they're not turning in the right direction. Cordero was just a natural at being like, hey, listen, guys, I'll just work off you. You go out there and do what you do. I'll make you look good. And he did, and I loved it. So he couldn't run routes, basically? But what was no. the fundamental issue there? I don't know what the fundamental issue was. But it was like, he was the kind of guy that if you handed him the ball in a reverse, he could go 35 yards like that. But if you threw him a post route, he was like in left field on the wrong side of the field. <laughs> and you'd be like, Cordero, where are you going? He'd be like, I don't know. I make a left here, right? You'd be like, dude, what? Matthew Collar wrote how long ago when Ty Montgomery I, was being yeah. used at running back by the Packers. We were talking about yeah. that. Yeah, yep. I wrote it. So he were, wrote it. You were a step ahead of everybody because as soon as the You're Patriots welcome, did Belichick. that, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, we were talking before. I think he would be, if you were to run a Wildcat offense, he would be the perfect quarterback to do it. It because would be amazing. He was one of those guys that he could just make plays out of nothing. And he was fun to be around, too, because he was always a positive guy. But it was... One of my favorite things was the responses to the article when I wrote it were like, people who played high school football or say he doesn't run behind his pads. I'm like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, well, <laughs> Such a cliche gets, thing the, to say. The guy gets the ball and no one can freaking tackle yeah. him. <laughs> That's all that He's matters. Special. Like, He's special. And Montgomery was doing the exact same thing right. at it's, around that size, yeah. if I recall. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty simple formula. Get right. this man the football. And, and they did. Um, so uh, he had one against uh, Detroit in 2016, a reverse, where he went for like 30 yards yeah. or something like that. Um, he had one for a touchdown with Oakland. Yeah, any of his reverse touchdowns, that's good. How about you, Manny? Cordero Patterson's best moment. Um, I don't know if it's a great moment for him, but he, well, I'll, I'll just say in general, returning kicks. He was always so dynamic, and it kind of plays off of you guys' point of just giving him the football any way you possibly can. And him returning kicks is like, 
that's like his biggest weapon because yeah. he's going to get the ball and he's going to just run and he'll follow his blockers and if he gets a seam, boom, he's gone and you're, there's just no way. So it's it's I think his overall best skill is just give him the football, find a way to get the football in his hands, but, however however possible. But you're miss you're missing the highlight, the greatest moment in this man's career as a Viking. I think I know where you're TCF going Bank it. Stadium. Yeah, I see. Kickoff go. return for a touchdown, Seattle. Yes. Is that correct? See, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna go oh, there. And that, they were down. They're way right. down. Yeah, way down. Thirty-five to yes. nothing. Yeah. And Cordero gets in the end zone. He scored a touchdown and celebrates like it put the Vikings <laughs> up thirty-five to ten. That's Cordero. So I was gonna go this direction too. He high-fived a referee after a touchdown once. That's right. Another yes. time. Did the referee high-five him back? He did. The, uh, the referee looked at it like I don't know, and then he's like, "Oh, come on!" Then he did it. Uh, it's great. And so um, there was one other one. Oh, he wore socks with his own picture on them in the game, which you're not That's supposed right. to do. You're just supposed to wear the team-issued socks. Yeah. And they had his face on them, and he changed them at halftime. He's awesome. And I'll give you one more as a reporter. I was waiting for him to put on all of his chains once after a game, and yeah. there were many. I'm sure. And, yeah. and it took time. Each one had to settle correctly. Right. And Sid goes blowing by all of us to interview a naked Cordero Patterson with only chains on his body. Uh, and we're like, okay, Sid, all you, buddy. It's all you, bro. That's, that's all you. Got that scoop. <laughs> didn't bother Sid one bit. No, I can get oh, to no, you. No, he didn't. So that, he moved on to the next guy. Cordero's little quirks of his personality were yeah, my yeah. favorite part. Uh, all right, final hot route for the day. Alex Boone, Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill doing our hot routes here today. Taysom Hill, the backup quarterback, third-string quarterback for the New, uh, New Orleans Saints, says that he copies everything that Drew Brees does on and off the field, which for Breeze, that might be annoying. Like, stop it. Right. Um, I want you to give me one player, retired or current, who you would copy everything they do. Brett Favre. I was a huge Brett Favre fan. Yeah. I loved watching Brett Favre. Like, growing up, I watched Brett Favre all the time, and I, I, he was always on Monday Night Football, I felt like, and he was so funny. And then when you get to talk to people that played with him, they were like, dude, he was 10 times better in real life. Like, he was that guy that could just make the room so much better because of his personality mm -hmm. and the way that he would just let things just roll off his back. Because guys say, listen, you see him do that, then all of a sudden I do it. Because if he's not going to let anything affect him, I'm not going to let anything affect me. And, and, and he's just so funny. Him and Peyton Manning are hilarious. They're naturally charismatic people mm -hmm. that make me want to be around them. Brett Favre. But here, here's the sticking point okay a young brett Favre. Oh, so like an him. irresponsible in fact in fact <laughs> in fact in 94 my, my friend and i used to take an annual trip to a packers game at lambeau and there was a bar downtown green bay first and ten where shockingly the Favres were not only served for free but brett and his brothers allowed behind the bar so this bar is <laughs> packed right. one day, and I'm and it's after a game, and Packers won. So Brett's back there drinking, and his brother's just hammered. And I said, Brett. He goes, yeah. I said, I need a beer because the bartenders were busy. He's like, I can't serve you. I'm like, the hell you can't. You're Brett Favre. I'll give me give, a beer. Here's $5. I'm not going to skip the bar. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. I can't serve you. But that Brett Favre was 
I know oh, he yeah. had some irresponsible oh, moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I've heard about him. So I'm not telling kids that they should be doing that, but man, was that a fun Brett Favre. He was fun. What do you think, Manny? Uh, for me, Randall Cunningham, Ooh. without question. So, Especially 1998 Randall Cunningham. So you would start a, uh, a business, for a construction business, and then come back, follow him around. What Wasn't it? Wasn't he like laying floors or something before he came so. back? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He took that one year off, and then the Vikings signed him. Um, yeah, it would totally be Randall Cunningham for me, especially that year in 98 where I, re- I always remember that image of him when they were playing at Dallas on Thanksgiving and that image of Cunningham getting under center and he looks over to his right and he has this big grin on his face because he knows he's going Rand- to hit Randy Moss for a 65-yard touchdown. That's Randall Cunningham for me easily. All right, so um, I just loved everything this guy did when I was growing up watching him. And you know what? He wasn't that well-liked by everybody, but he was by me, Deion Sanders. Wow. I, I, <laughs> I, would, I would love to have been like Deion Sanders. Now, I mean, in no way, shape, or form am I like Deion Sanders. But when I was growing up, uh, the, the touchdown dances, the high steps into the Flashing, end zone. Yes. The, 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 here's what I love the most about him, though is that as a kid, you play all the sports, right. right? You play Little League Baseball, and you play junior high football and basketball and everything. So I loved that Dion played baseball and football and tried to do it in the same day. And I also loved that he didn't care what people thought, that he was just going to be himself, and that was it. And even though I you know, couldn't have a Jerry Curl right. or wear his uh, chains or anything, no chance. Uh, I just liked that attitude of being like, hey, I'm going to be me, and if people don't like it, that's their problem. So you would dump water on Tim McCarver, too? I, well, that definitely. My <laughs> gosh. I mean, I, I mean. You're real man, Dion. When, 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 <laughs> real man. Now, I don't remember this because I wasn't old enough, but having seen it in the documentary yeah. and then when Tim McCarver was ripping the guy for trying to do something super special that was actually awesome, play baseball and football on the same day. It was just like, come on, dude, what is your problem? I wanted to pour cold water on him, too. Two-sport guy, I think you got to be Bo Jackson, though, right? Yeah. Oh, Bo Jackson. Like, if, yeah. if you're going right. to take that. Bo is the man. Bo Jackson. Was... I, I love the personality. The all-star all game home run yeah. in Anaheim to center field. The, the run where, who did he destroy? Bosworth? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Bosworth. Yeah. Just, Remember just they did the documentary on that, yes. and they were just yes. killing Bosworth. Bo was seriously the man. Be- because they talked about how good Bo was, and then all of a sudden they showed him going through Bosworth, and yeah. it was like, man, that was a killer, too. Like, God, that had to be a collision. I agree with you, Bo, for sure. How do you feel like he did in your first hot routes? I think Alex? he did great. Yeah, I think, yeah, he did solid. He performed well. Really well. All right, uh, Alex Boone, Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill. Thanks, we'll take Judd. a quick break. You're we will uh, come back, continue the conversation as the Vikings play their final preseason game. And you know what? Here's what I want to do. I want to look forward a little bit with you guys. I know that we're going to go crazy on week one breakdown, but there's something that we talked about that I'm already feeling that Vikings fans should be nervous about heading into week one. Let's discuss when we come back. This is Purple Daily on Score North. I like to look at sheep a lot. It's Score North, live from the Minnesota State Fair. The Minnesota State Fair, a beautiful day here, uh, and of course packed as always. Lots of people walking by. Make sure you come see us. We are near Martha's Cookies, and Alex Boone is here with two buckets. Not one, but two buckets Have of cookies in front of him. Have not had any. Are you going to eat some of these? No. You're just taking them home to the fam. I'm taking them home to the kiddos. You're not going to eat them? I have four kids at home. They're so like, do you not, what do you eat? You don't eat sugar at all? No, I stay away from sugar. 
It's bad news. <laughs> He's got two buckets of sweet Martha's. <laughs> I stay away I thought, from sugar. I thought you were buying these to have like ten of them yourself. No, not for the kids. Oh man. So what do the you? Kids mean? are going to be bouncing off the walls tonight. I FYI. I know. I know. Like, do do you not want them to go to sleep tonight? No, they're always bouncing. <laughs> I don't off the have walls kids, tonight. but I can tell you right now they'd be bouncing off the walls if I did, <laughs> the and they had this many cookies. No, the keys to make them happy. Like, hey, look who brought cookies. We're all going to go to bed nice tonight, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't give that a hard time. No, it's loud and crazy at my house. Don't worry. Yeah. You well, you have four kids, right? So oh, two yeah. buckets should be close to getting the job well, done. Well, one's for Mackie. i got to give one to oh, Phil. Oh, okay. And for the next show. And for you guys, obviously. But the one's going to go home. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I was I was going to say, that's a lot of cookies for the, for no, the no, kids, no, even no. with four of them. Um, all right. Let's, let's uh, get back to something about football. And okay. uh, week one, because tonight, no one cares except for me. And kickers, people who love kickers. They'll like tonight and what's going on with the Bills and Vikings. But week one... I think Vikings fans should be nervous about pass interference penalties and Xavier Rhodes because last year he was one of the tops in the NFL, and that's with missing some time with being injured in terms of the number of pass interference penalties he got. Now you can have coaches challenge them, so even if he has not been flagged for it right away, then the opposing coach can throw the flag and say, hey, I think Xavier Rhodes grabbed my guy. And I was watching some of him not too long ago when he played against Mike Evans. And he committed pass interference on a bunch of plays that were not called against some of the bigger, more physical receivers. Right. I think coaches might throw challenge flags on Xavier Rhodes. I think this could hurt the Vikings. I agree, and I think it's going to – not only Xavier Rhodes, I mean, this preseason has not been favorable for him, but for everybody. I think this is going to change the league. And it's one of these things where it's like the quarterback's getting hit. Is it too much? You're putting all their weight on him. It's getting out of control. It's going to be a big hit to this league just because of not only defensive but offensive. I mean, how many pick plays do you see running a game where it's like, hey, listen, we could throw the red flag right here if you want to, especially on touchdowns. They're going to go back and review all these. It's just when you give the coaches another opportunity to stop the game and slow it down and take a look at it, it becomes a whole different game. Because mm-hmm. when you watch a game and you see two guys running and you see them kind of push off each other, it looks like nothing. Harmless. You slow it down and you look at it and you're like, wait, he really pushed into him. I don't know, mm-hmm. guys. This yeah. is slow-mo and it's completely different. <laughs> and then not only that, but you have somebody up in the booth who has not played in the NFL, has no idea how to play in the NFL, and they're the ones making the decisions. I just don't like it. Tell me, how is this going to work in particular? Because this is the one that I fear the most. Hail Mary passes. They, you know, they came out today and said they're not going to change it, but the fact that they almost, like, the fact that when it started, they were like, well, we're going to call this a whole different play. Okay, now you've just ruined everybody. Because you're, you're, you can't sit there and say the Hail Mary is a different play than a, than a dig route. It's a passing play. What's so different about it? It doesn't give somebody the right to go jump all over somebody's back to get the ball. They're going to have to have a really high standard for this, or it's going to become a complete mess. I it mean, will. it has to be... The way I would look at it, if they do this correctly, and I'm sure they won't, but if they do it correctly, it has to be the Nickel Roby Coleman play to a T, yeah. where he jumps and smashes the guy in the face literally five seconds before the ball gets there. And okay, everyone in the world knows that that was pass interference. The ref just missed it. He didn't pull the trigger basically okay let's go back and look at it anything short of a mauling cannot be called on one side or the other i agree there's there's always pushing and shoving there's always you know unnecessary contact at the end of the day it's like okay well who threw the flag well the away team did okay well yeah then it's pass interference on the home team you know it's just 
to me, it's not. You're slowing the game down and you're turning it into something that it's not. It's a full speed game. And now, don't get me wrong. What happened in the Saints? That was atrocious. And mm-hmm. those refs should be fired. Never allowed to ref a game again. <laughs> I agree. But who would have thought, looking back at that, that this would have changed the whole league the way it has? And, uh-huh. and I don't think people understand the consequences yet. And I'm sure there's some quarterbacks that are like, "Hey, we got to throw out half of our playbook now because if somebody were to see." The slot receiver running a Z route, you know, into the Z, and then they've collide, and all of a sudden it's coming back no matter what. It's just, it's it's not fun anymore. But these bozos who screwed the call up drive me crazy because Bad. it was awful. Now, now the catch rule was uh, <laughs> uh, weird, and I didn't understand it. Yeah. And, and in that case, Alex, I felt for the officials because they yeah, were trying tough. to interpret something that was could not Football be. Football move and all yeah, that stuff. But yeah. that, that NFC title game, you're right. They, they should have, they would have been better off the next day to be like we fired everybody we're going to continue yeah. on and, and here so here's my biggest problem though because some fans will say oh it'll work itself out this w- this will be fine and perhaps by november they're right but in the meantime it's this is going to cost teams games in the first month plus and it's not baseball you don't play 162 right, right. so my problem is and packers vikings week two last year clay matthews lands on cousins cost the packers the, the win instead of the tie. Right. And, and then, as, as uh, Collar and I have discussed, by November, they're not calling that. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is going to cost teams games. Right. I agree. And this is a big deal. It's not like it's like you said, this is going to cost somebody something early, and they're going to go, hey, listen, we'll make it up in the back end. But what happens if you don't? Yep. And then you turn around and you go, well, we tried to do this silly experiment, and now our team didn't make it to the playoffs. It's going to cost somebody a job. I guarantee it. Just and, watch. And I think week one is where it shows up right away for the Vikings, because you're going to have, and we'll see how Mike Ooh. Zimmer decides the scheme this, but you're going to have Xavier Rhodes and Julio Jones. And Julio Jones has made his living in part by being a really physical, massive receiver. And if you have Xavier Rhodes going up against Julio Jones, how is the only way Xavier Rhodes can slow him down? It's by being physical with him. So if you are the Atlanta Falcons, you've got to be thinking, if there's an opportunity to throw it on a big play, we're going to throw it because more likely than not, at some point during that man's route, Xavier Rhodes has been slightly illegally overly physical. But isn't that sad? Isn't that sad that you're going to be like, hey, listen, technically you could throw the flag on any play and there'll be PI somewhere. You'll find it. Just watch. Like The rest going to come over. Where do you want me to look? Anywhere. Look on the <laughs> yeah. whole foot. I'll tell you <laughs> what. You do field. your job and look at the whole field. You tell me where you see PI, and then you come back and tell me. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's in, a silly rule. So I, I think that they should have tried to put it in, but only for absolutely egregious calls. Agreed. Only for it had to meet a certain standard of this should have got you fired, but we're saving you with replay. Not like some of that I saw in the preseason where it was. Very close and looked like kind of a regular play. Right, which is, and for me too, I think this comes down the line to, hey, listen, we got a challenge and this team's kind of on a roll right now and there might have been a pick play. Let's throw the red flag, stop the game, get a timeout, get our guys a breather. It it just opens the door for so many bad possibilities. What they should have done is said, hey, listen, somebody's going to be up in the box. If you miss something that egregious, we're going to stop the game, we're going to call the flag, and we're going to do it right. At the end of the day, you don't want these coaches saying, hey, listen, there's a possibility it could be here, but they're driving, dude. We should, we got to stop them now. Yeah. we got to yep. slow them down. So let's just throw it randomly. I love that. That's Why can't we have it be that if the officials are just bozos, we, we then have the guy right. upstairs. So instead of Zimmer or LaFleur throwing a flag and, and you know ha- having ulterior motives for which they do it, you have a guy up there who said, you just missed a call. 
that everyone and their mother saw. Right. We're going to fix this because you because you didn't do your job. Right. And uh, the AAF, the yeah. AAF was very bad at managing its money. <laughs> many things uh, they were bad at. Ma- <laughs> many many <laughs> things. Yes, yes. Uh, poor Charles Johnson, uh, by the way, dominant AAFer went on the IR. By the way, did if he? You were wondering. Yeah. I love Charles. He's, he's a, a good isn't dude. Isn't he a nice guy? He was a good dude. He was one where he was just very friendly to everybody. He was. Like. He was yeah. a great guy. Um, but anyway, poor Charles Johnson. He dominated the AAF, and now he's on IR with the Eagles. Um, but the AAF had a couple paid. of interesting ideas. Yeah, get that injury settlement. He's oh, getting yeah. paid. But, be all right. but, but they, they had a couple of good ideas, and one of them was to put a referee up in the booth and just be watching the game, and if there's something that's super obvious, way over-the-top egregious, then they can call down from there and they can make a call. I think that's a good idea. I agree, but here's what I don't want. I don't want a camera in that room. And you don't want a camera in the huddle of the officials. Remember, all these people out here, they think that everything is perfect. If they hear somebody say, I'm not sure, but it looks like, boom, people are going to lose it. No, you can't be somewhat sure. Like someone somewhere is going to say something along the lines of, maybe not, maybe it is, let's call it. And all of a sudden, everyone's going to go, hey, listen, that's not fair. It's got to be black and white. you got to... Stay out of certain rooms hmm. just because you don't know what you're going to hear and you don't want to hear it. And it, it, I know that sounds weird to people, but I'm just telling you, I've been in rooms where you're like, thank God there's not a camera in so, here. So you mean like don't have a TV camera on the room? No, because they showed the lady up in the brush yes. box. And oh, there yes. was, she was yeah. like, okay, so here it is. But there was one time I think she was like, <laughs> It's, well, it's not right here. No, where is it? Where is it? It's like, whoa. What? No, lady, you need to be real official. Yeah, Don't yeah, say yeah. a word until you go, there it is. I Got th- it. Yeah, if it, was the, if it was actually NFL. I think they were trying to show off the fact that they were doing no. that by putting a camera up no. there. If it's the NFL, then that wouldn't be a good idea. But I, I think it makes a lot of sense to have that referee who can watch the TV broadcast because me at home or me in the press box should not be able to ref better than you down on the field. Right. If I can because of the number of cameras we have then why can't you have the same advantage that a reporter has looking at a tv right i agree and here's another question though who's going to be the guy upstairs that's a serious job like you're the safety net for everything sure say yeah. there, there's yeah. an egregious pi like we just saw no one calls it who's going to be like boop <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. do you know what i might do i might try and find and train former players who who want to remain in the game for jobs like that because they could identify they could. W- with the speed of the action. Right. They they could if they're, you know, I mean, if you played for Pittsburgh, you don't do Pittsburgh games. Oh, yeah, no, no, you can't. But, but, you know, but you do Vikings-San Francisco. But that might be going down a path that actually works as opposed to, you know, we've got a guy up there who doesn't know. And right. but, but this does go back. Your, your point's a great one. This goes back to the fact that the Saints-Rams call was so egregiously missed that I feel the league... O- this almost overcorrects it entirely. Oh yeah. Instead of just saying, you know what, we, you're we a really them. bad crew, and you're now gone. Right. All that right. would have solved everything. By the way, had they just been like, we fired them all. We're sorry. <laughs> we fired them all. Stop talking about it. Uh, let's take a quick break here. Fourth preseason game coming up, and I think I've got a way to make it entertaining for the Vikings. One thing the Vikings could do that would make tonight fun to watch. Just kick constantly. Well, <laughs> Do not ruin my teas. We'll be right oh, back. This is Purple Daily on Score North. I listen to the sweetest accordion I've ever heard. It's Score North, live from the Minnesota State Fair. 
right, it is Score North Download time, and it is 346 on Manny Hill. One more segment of Purple Daily coming up here before we give way for Mackie and Judd with Rami at 4 until 6. And I got something to tell you right now, Twins fans. You all, you guys all love a good Bomba Challenge. Well, now we here at Score North are taking the Bomba Challenge to the next level. The Twins, as you know, they're going to break the MLB record for home runs in a season. They've already hit three today. They're leading the White Sox 10-3 to right now in the bottom of the seventh. The Twins have already hit three home runs today. I believe that puts them at 261 for the season. And uh, we know the Major League record is uh, the Yankees hitting 267 last year. So the Twins are seven home runs away from breaking the single season record. Here's the challenge. If you can correctly guess the player that hits home run number 268 for the Twins, you'll be entered to win $1,000. But here's the better part. If that player hits a grand slam to hit uh, number 268, you'll be entered for a chance to win $50,000. That's life-changing money for a record-breaking bomba. So what you have to do is download the Score North mobile app if you have not done that already. Register with your name and email, and uh, you can enter uh, via listener rewards in the main menu. So check that out. It's called Bombas Away for 50K. That's your score enough download. Now for one more segment of Purple Daily, here is Matthew Collar. All right, one more segment. Alex Boone, former Viking, Matthew Collar, Judd Zulgad, Manny Hill, you just heard. Um, I got an idea for tonight. This can make tonight's game fun between the Vikings and Bills, okay? Every time the Vikings get to the 30-yard line, they just kick a field goal. It doesn't matter what down it is. This game does not matter at all. And you have teams who don't even scheme for the other team. You're calling plays you're never going to use. You don't want to put anything on tape that anyone can take away from you, so you're purposefully doing things you would never do in the season. We had teams play on an 80-yard field in a preseason game. That's ridiculous. An 80-yard field because they couldn't get the goal post in right in Winnipeg. Didn't bother Gruden. Kick every field goal you can. You need the bigger sample size to know whether you're going to keep Corey Vedvik or Dan Bailey. Kick these field goals, my friends. Listen, I don't think I don't think you're getting I don't think you're getting rid of Vedvik. So I don't think you need to kick all that. And, and this sounds like a very weird obsession. This is like a Matt Nagy type obsession. I'm hearing. Uh you. yes. That's like you right. just want. This, that's I right. Mean, I need more field well, goals. Well, it's it's your former head coach with the obsession. Oh yeah. This is not a Matthew Collar um, pipe dream. No, I mean this is a real issue, and people. I, it, the field goals have gone down in the league, and we've all seen it. I mean, chip shots are now like, oh, my God, he missed it. How did he miss that? I mean, it's so easy, but I agree with you. I think that they need to pick it up. And at the end of the day, you should be firing some of these guys more often. Like, you miss a field goal, dude, you got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm really hard. You do the same, you do the same thing. But what? If you ever, but if you're you, fired. If you ever, no, you're gone, wonder, if you ever wonder how the rest of the players view the kicker, this is exactly how. I love him. I love him when he makes it. Like it's like, dude, that was your only <laughs> job. You only had one job. That brown thing goes through those two yellow poles. That's it. It's got to drive you up the wall as as a big man who worked hard, played in the trenches. I mean, you footballed your life. Duh. And then some scrawny 165 uh, pound Matthew guy. Co- yeah, yeah, comes I'm out. Well, than most well of he's kickers. taller though. 
But you know, Joe Nedney. You remind me of Joe yeah, Nedney. Nedney. He was okay, Mark he Decker be, in San Fran. But but then that guy's responsible for you winning or losing. You yeah. know, you you go through hell every week for Joe Nedney to decide yeah. your life. Yeah. That's gotta make you sick. Well, remember back in the day when they used to be able to push the D linemen too. You'd have three D linemen in a row, and then you'd have three linebackers behind them, and they would all just be pushing those guys. I was that guard getting pushed over, like getting just trounced, right? And the guy would miss the field goal, and he'd be like, "Sorry, guys, I'll get it. I'll get it next time." But dude, all right, I bet you will. Get rid of this dude. Get him out of here. I'll kick it. Just a nasal little guy. Yeah, you know, the only kicker I ever really loved was Phil Dawson. He was the only one because he was the kind of guy that he was like, I'm just waiting for someone to try me, and I'm going to get him. And I was like, good for you, Phil. You do that. Uh, <laughs> and, and Phil was good. Phil uh, he was. was very consistently good, which the Vikings have not had, it seems, in a, in a really a long curse. time. It's a curse, man. And their only really good kicker shanked one wide left after a perfect season. So it does seem to be a cursed position. Um, but uh, any opportunity they can get tonight to kick field goals will make it entertaining because that actually matters. A preseason field goal isn't that different from a regular season field can goal I ask for my the question kicker no. guy, yeah. and that's the only thing that's the same from preseason to regular season. I've covered Spielman since the day he got here okay. in 2006. Mm-hmm. So I know there's an ego there of Shoot I know football, ego. okay? So I told Kala this yesterday, and I want to know from a guy who's been inside that building if you agree. Okay. Matthew thinks Zimmer's going to want to cut Vedvik and that they'll just do it and keep Bailey and Wild. Okay. I said, you're right, uh-huh. Matthew. I think they should do that. But at noon on, on Saturday, I, I live in St. Louis Park. I'm going to step outside my door. And from Egan, I'm going to be able to hear the screaming match that's taking place <laughs> between the head coach and the GM as the head coach says, cut this, this guy that you traded a fifth-round pick for three weeks ago. I don't think that there's going to be much of a yelling match. I think Spielman's going to take this one, but I agree. I don't think you can give up a fifth-round pick on a kicker, right? Other positions, yeah, you can go get an alignment for a fifth round and a week later be like, listen, he didn't work. You're a kicker. You were expected to work out. I think that they keep Vedvik going forward now. How well does he do this year? I don't know. But will he be the punter? Yeah, that- and then, like, the in-case-of-emergency kicker if Dan glass. Bailey struggles? That's not a bad idea. I mean, is this what they're going to do? It's... What an odd situation, and uh, it seems like when you have a guy like Matt Bryant, who was a free agent, can you just find some money for him or whatever? You know, can you Why get, don't I call Phil Dawson? Can, can you have somebody yeah. who's just going to be reliable? Even if they can't kick from 58, how often are you kicking from right. that far? Right. Just somebody who can make them from 50 and in is what this team would settle for. Someone who can make their extra 40 points. And 40, 40 and in. And in. I mean, let's anyway. be honest. The, the, the 40 and in now is like, wow, dude, I don't know. This could go either way. I mean, there was a time when it was like 30 yards, you're good. You're going to make every one of them. Now it's like, man, flip a coin. We don't know. Spielman seems really obsessed with trying to find the kicker that can just drill something from 65. Yeah. Like Blair Walsh had the big leg coming out of coming was, out of Georgia, yeah, Daniel Carlson, Carlson at the big thing. leg. I yep. mean, he just seems really obsessed with trying to find that guy that can drill one from 65. But don't you think that if you if you give up a fifth-round draft pick, which is not high, I'm not saying it's high, but I'm saying it's somewhere in the draft, mm-hmm. for a kicker and then cut him a week later, don't you think ownership's going to turn around and go, now, Rick, how smart was that? Um, was that totally well, necessary? So, Should we cut you up early or this, let you finish the year? Well, this, but, but this is, I mean, if you're the Wilfs, you have to be asking, wait, you spent a draft pick on a long snapper? 
You yeah, right? I mean, too. I mean, you good point. Traded back about fourteen times yeah. to get eight players after the fifth round, and I think one of them might make the team. I mean, this maybe this is it's, it's, it's some of these overthinking it type of things have, have become a staple of Spielman. Pressure. And that's what it is. It's everyone's feeling the pressure now. It's like, man, we got to do something. And that's why I felt like this last game, it was Kirk Cousins doing too much. And it was, hey, listen, there's a lot of pressure on us this year to do something. Here's our dress rehearsal. Let's go out. We don't have feeling, so I'm going to try and do a little too much. And then it just spirals down, and then nobody can control it. This is fun, man. Next week, we get to prepare for a real game. Oh, my God. Yeah, excited. it's actually going to be week one. Yeah. How nice is that? All right. About time. I'm ready for yeah, it. Yeah, Alex, yeah. awesome stuff. Um, Judd, eh, you know, uh, I was okay. Uh, great yeah. job, Manny. I love hot routes. Uh, Manny was great. Hot routes. He's I love, fabulous. I love I hot routes. Uh, we <laughs> got uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. If you missed any of the show, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Type in Purple Daily. You can get all two hours every day. Alex is going to be three hours a week, all season long, breaking things down. So we will uh, be back with Mackie and Judd with Rami as we continue here on Score North Enjoy to broadcast the from the Minnesota State Fair. We'll catch you tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.